We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, but today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. We're bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! Went forward in time to view alternate futures, to see all the possible outcomes of the coming conflict. How many did you see? 14,605. How many did we win? Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast that's dedicated to everything nerd. With your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips, and introducing his new co-host, Tyler McLaughlin. You should have gone for the head. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's JIC 287. I am your host, Nate. Today, joining me back again, the Kang, the Conqueror of the Journey into Comics Network Universe, because he's traveling through time to fuck you bitches up. Welcome back, Tyler. You know, I think it's really funny, uh, like, the way that, that we do this show. You know, we're, we're uh, like... I don't know, what is it, like 120 miles away from each other? Absolutely. So it's something like that. We're like, we're less than 200 miles, but we're over 100 miles. It's something like that. Um, but like we are we are self-quarantined right now in our recording setups. So uh, for all you people out there panicking about the coronavirus in the world, uh, as long as Nate and I have access to the internet, the show at least will continue. So you have that to look. The show must go You have on. that to look forward to. Absolutely, well said, man. Uh, I think that's a a good jumping on point today because that is kind of the reality we are all facing right now. Coronavirus, it's a thing. It's real. We're quarantined. It's bullshit. Unless pop vinyls can get corn, uh, can can get the coronavirus, I'm safe because that's all I'm surrounded with right now. So, <laughs> I think we're good there. Well, and it's that would really suck though if all the pops were like, oh, by the way, you know, we were made in China. So for some odd reason, you know, because I did read this is scary. You know that the plastic can hold the coronavirus up to three weeks. See, I saw. I thought I saw no more than seventy-two hours. Misinformation on the internet, man. I don't know what to so believe. That, so it sucks. I wish that that was where I was going to start. Is I mean, we like we as. Uh, children of the technological age just need to all of us it, it, it is your um, you know it, it's like you're you should be doing your due diligence to really like to bypass and ignore the media and figure out what's kind of going on for yourself um, you know I've done a lot of of research in my in my free time like I normally do about everything uh, that's just who you are as a yeah, person. Yeah, I just can't help it. Like, you know, I was playing Dungeons and Dragons last night while I was reading articles about the coronavirus, like new information. It's just, 
I don't know, like uh, I'm in full multitask mode, especially about this, something that we need to educate ourselves about. Don't like, obviously you should heed the, the warnings that the media makes and, and, and pay attention to, to what doctors and physicians are saying. But like, don't just believe everything that you see on Fox News or CNN or CNBC because, you know, this whole here here's where I'm I'm like very very frustrated about. We have the um you have the agenda coming from the Republicans that, you know, originally this was a hoax created by the Democrats. Um and my good friend Andy Dietrich uh pointed this out on a big uh, Facebook comment thread yesterday where a bunch of MAGA people were, were uh, you know, basically ranting and raving about how this was a Democratic hoax. And uh, Andy's response was real, real uh, concise and short, and he just said, man, that's great news for China and Italy then. And then, uh, I mean, we, we as people have no incentive to... Uh, perpetuate and amplify the the panic syndrome that's going on in the U.S. right now, uh, and then here's what pisses me off: you have Bring it. you have Republicans saying, "Well, the Democratic media are they're they're making this way worse than it is," and that's not incorrect. But the Republican media is doing the exact same thing. Like what, what, what these people who are uber political and and what I mean by that is like, I obviously care a lot about politics. I don't, I don't believe in identity politics. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. There's things that I want. You lie somewhere in the between. Well, it's not even that. There's just, there's things like you have to evaluate each issue individually. Like my thought, my thoughts on abortion may not align with the policies of the Democrats. But my thoughts on legalization of cannabis and healthcare might not lean towards the side of the Republicans. Like, everyone should do politics that way. The the whole identity politics shit, like, it's really sad, especially in 2020. Like, in digital media, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of representations on why identity politics are bad and like even the people that don't educate themselves that get all their like information from like articles like the onion and like people who can't tell what's real and 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 fiction or what's fact and fiction like you can't even read a comic book and and realize that identity politics are bad like that's where we're at so like always, that well, it's caused yeah. the identity politics has caused the divide that we currently are suffering in. We're just making it worse. Like don't we really don't are. don't it's... say shit like uh, the fucking the the Democrat uh you know that Democrat agenda. They're trying to use this um this hoax to get Trump out of office. Like if if Trump doesn't get reelected, he's got to leave office anyway. So. You know, as unlikely as it is right now for for Trump not to be elected for a second term, if he doesn't get elected, he's got to leave. So, like, no one's no one's voting 
like executive powers so he can just stay in office forever. Yeah, well, some people would some like Some people that, would like that, I'm scary, sure. You know, fucking oligarchy reality that people want to turn this into like a fucking monarchy and have him as the king. And I'm just like, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> um, no, it's weird, though, because, I mean, I have actually kind of experienced a little bit of this um, pandemic fear. Uh, we had to go out to the store yesterday. There was no chicken. Literally, there was no chicken, yeah. which is crazy to me that there was no chicken. But that's beside the point. There was toilet paper, which, you know, okay, cool. People realize that you're, you know, you're not going to be bleeding from the anus from coronavirus. That's not going to happen. Don't buy all the goddamn toilet paper. Some 80-year-old woman doesn't have a toilet paper to wipe her ass, and she really needs it. We also found uh, an aisle with no uh, cleaning supplies, which was pretty uh, insane and impressive. Um but yeah, man, it wasn't. But everybody was super nice in the fucking in, at the store. Like every single person was just like, "Oh, excuse me, hi, how are you?" Oh, <laughs> getting some getting some snacks for the end of the world, <laughs> you know, like trying to make light of it or whatever. But it's just like uh, I don't know. How has it affected you guys? Uh, I mean, we haven't really been uh, affected negatively. Like like Ruby's daycare. Um basically release a statement that they're going to remain steadfast and not panic and not close their doors because it's unnecessary, uh, which I really appreciated. They, they, in that statement they released, they said that, you know, if you leave the, the county that we live in, the daycare has to be notified. And if you don't notify them and you come back and they find out, like your children will be removed from the business. So Damn. like they just straight like, look, here's our rules. Uh, like, we want everyone to continue to be able to bring their kids to this daycare. If you leave the country, you can't come back for two weeks. Like, it's as simple as that. If you leave the country, you ain't coming back until you quarantine yourself. Simple as that. So, I appreciate... Wash your ass. It's, yeah, it's nice. It's, um... It's nice. It's nice to see a little bit of rationality. While, like, you know, I've got my fa- my phone open on Facebook right now on the on the desk next to me, and like, I've just been randomly scrolling and and seeing kind of where the my my scroll ends up, and the the fearometer. The, the last five uh, swipes on my newsfeed have ended up on something related to coronavirus and the panic. Uh, related to that, so it's like you can't you can't get away from it, and I mean let, let's just talk about this as far as, as as there's a there's a really really profound article that I read earlier this morning. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, bear with me for just a moment here, folks. R&D departments just making sure they have everything archived properly so they know what they're talking I, about. Don't I don't have a judge the R&D I department. I don't have a Jamie to pull this up for me. Um you are bro. You are Jamie. Okay. I'm I'm the Jamie, <laughs> I guess. Um I'm tr- just for this instance obviously cuz you're looking it up. Like if I look up something then I become right. Jamie. See that we're dual Jamies. Um 
man. Let's get this. I just want it to load. It's, Don't you hate that? Uh, yeah. I want you to load, please, because I'm trying to utilize you yeah, right like now. Like you're at a party, you ran into it somebody. Ju- it just so happens. You're just trying to show somebody real quick. Anyway, basically it said that... Um, oh, here it is. This is from MSN.com. Uh, this version of the article, there's like 10 versions of it now, but coronavirus will bankrupt more people than it kills, and that's the real global emergency. And um, I got into a really, really like almost heated discussion with, with an older guy that I work with the other day. Um, we were talking about this coronavirus panic, and this man is a hypochondriac through and through. Uh, he's had like... A head cold the last couple weeks, and he has convinced himself that he had the coronavirus. Um, every day there's something wrong with this guy. It fucking drives me insane. Cause I have to, I have to like. He comes to me to talk about all these illnesses that he gets, and I have to be the one talking him down off the ledge. But anyway, <clears throat> he was like. He was him hawing around about like the media and all that bullshit and like what's it what's it done to the stock market and like how much money he's lost out of his retirement, you know, and and very quickly I made the comment that our government has a a very uh, uh like a very large vested interest in this hurting the stock market as much as possible. And he didn't he didn't really know what to think. Or, or how to think about that. And I said, if you think about any time that something like, as far as the stock market goes, anyone that has money is going to liquidate their stock while they can sell moderately high. And then as soon as it tanks, they're going to buy everything on the cheap. Oh, yeah. So you can take your obnoxious... Uh, obnox- like obnoxiously large, large wealth that you've got that you've gathered and accumulated. Accumulated was the word I was trying to think. Um, and then liquidate it, and then just buy it all back for less. Like not buy the same shares, but buy shares of other things that were already very very expensive. So you can you're like oh right now I can get AT and T shares for on the cheap and then we know they're gonna recover exactly. oh great so and especially industries that you know the government's gonna bail out um I don't know it's just I'm not an economist I'm not an economist um I knew what you meant yeah I'm not an economist I'm not a fucking Harvard professor like I'm just a dude who gives a shit about America sometimes and. If you think that, like here, here's here's what really bothers me, like about the whole thing is people think that government officials and us are the same, like we are not the same species. We they are they are that is not they true. are they are on an entirely different level than us. They are not human beings. They have that much wealth and power that they don't. They don't abide by the same laws that we do, and they don't have to, and they, never, and they never will. So, I don't know. It's like the separation is like we are cattle 
where the politicians are the, the, the farmers or the butchers. And like most people don't rationalize it that way. Got to though, man, we all got to stand together. I think this is an interesting thing to think about is, you know, I've said for some time, like fucking aliens or some shit need to come and like force this planet to come together. Mm -hmm. And, like, make us all on every level, on every religious bullshit side, whatever, realize that at the end of the day, if you can speak with words and your hands or whatever appendages you still have or a part of your body can move or you can, you know, um, exist in this plane as a human species, that we all need this planet. And my hope is, is that strangely enough, that this thing that we're dealing with right now might bring us all together because we have like two. It's funny because you have two different test tubes to look at. You can look at South Korea as a test tube. And that test tube is like, here's what happens when you isolate and quarantine yourselves and are ahead of the curve for the disease and be mindful of trying not to spread it. And then you have Italy who was like, I don't know if we should take this seriously right away. And then now they're literally just being brought to their knees, you know, they're having you know, hundreds of deaths in 24-hour periods just hit all at once because of how bad the coronavirus is stricken in there. So it's interesting as an American to look back and say, okay, well, South Korea handled it this way. They're on the other side of it, and they've got, like, most everybody's healthy again, and there are very few, you know, uh, there's, like, maybe, I think, one emergency hospital that they had built that's left open, and they're probably closing that soon because they don't need it, like... Things are getting better for them. So for us, I think we need to look at both things and go, okay, it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle for this country because we're not as compact as either of those countries. Yeah, population density is definitely different. Thank you. Thank you. I was trying to, I couldn't, population density was the phrase I was looking for and I couldn't get it out. But yeah, the population density is so vastly different that if we do these things like quarantining our schools and keeping people from meeting in large gatherings and things of that nature, we have a pretty good chance of keeping shit low here, really. The problem is we don't have a government that's on top of it to ensure that tests are being done so that we know the people who do and or don't have it aren't just walking around the fucking world right now spreading an airborne disease. Yeah. That's the dangerous part about all well, this. Well, and I think you also need to bring in the other extreme. You know, you you brought up um, South Korea. Let's talk about North Korea. You know, did you read what North Korea did uh, when they had their first confirmed case of, of COVID-19? Boom, killed Yeah, they, they drug him into the street and they killed him. And then people didn't leave their house anymore after that. So, um, yep. you know, obviously I'm not advocating for that, but uh, I, th I think the message is that if you are at risk of getting COVID-19, which I think everyone is, because, because yeah. it is essentially bad flu. Let's, let's just call it bad flu. Let's not call it coronavirus. Well, let's not call it uh, COVID-19. Let's just call it bad flu. But it's kind of like the... But it's kind of like, though, if the flu and pneumonia, like, did a fusion well, dance and then fucked your pneumonia body. Pneumonia is just a symptom of other things. That's, I mean, that is Pneumonia true. is just, your lungs are filling up with fluid because your body can't get rid of it. They are, they are a result of a, they are a symptom of an, 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 another underlying cause. So, uh, just like, you know, SARS, there was the SARS panic, like... 
what was that like 2003 2004 yeah SARS one of one of the uh, like um uh extreme uh symptoms of Severe acute respiratory syndrome. Your fucking lungs shut down. Exactly. Because they do things. You get pneumonia. You can't get rid of fluid. Uh, your your uh, the alveoli uh, alveoli in your lungs can't ha- can't do proper oxygen exchange for blood. So you've got unoxygenated blood unoxygenated blood going through your heart, and that's you know, and then that leads to organ failure and all kinds of shit. So it's a, it's a, it's a multi-layered thing. And, and one of the things that's most frustrating for me is the way that the media is talking about it is they are not acknowledging the full extent of the layers that there are. I mean, like for, for example, China, this is, this is, this hit China really hard for um population density we just talked about that right but yep they're a large population and a very small well not small large landmass but still but but very very clustered together populations of people one of the reasons that people in china were more at risk was the air quality you know we don't have the greatest air quality in indiana but our air quality was what is way better than anywhere in china Rural China, not so much, but uh, uh, like developed China, the air quality is awful. So, I mean, if you're somewhere where your air quality is compromised, you are going to be at, at more risk than somebody who's not. Ooh. Man, it's just, ugh. then like, you know, just to, to talk about it, this thing has caused so many things to be canceled now. It's just like, it's it's almost surprising stuff. There's some things that still haven't been canceled, and you're just like, what are you doing? Right. Like WrestleMania still hasn't been canceled. I know we're not the wrestling podcast that's on the network, but like, hasn't hasn't there um, been a lot of discussion though about it being canceled? Dude, Tampa officials literally said if WWE doesn't pull the plug within the next like. 72 hours we're doing it we're canceling it so either they need to make the announcement or we're going to make it for them so they're essentially saying fuck you it's canceled just man up and do it and you know i hate i hate to say it but vince mcmahon being a a friend of trump he doesn't probably believe this shit is real and is not buying into it and is thinking bottom dollar bottom dollar people spent thousands of dollars to come to see this we're going to pull it off hell or high water and i think that uh, it's just it's not gonna happen. What like we just what need to be very realistic. What has AEW's uh, stance been on this? Well, they were supposed to do a show this week in Rochester, New York. Rochester actually got shut down because there are heavy cases in New York. Okay. So because of that, they initially moved the show to Jacksonville, Florida this week, which will probably just be the talent and no crowd. I don't know if that's official. Mm-hmm. But they've also canceled other shows that are coming up too. So their their March twenty fifth show has been canceled. There, I think it's like April fourth or fifth show has been canceled. The following week, that show has been canceled. They've just been essentially they're just moving those dates to later in the year, and they're telling people if you already have a ticket, you can either get a refund or we're gonna just honor that ticket for the next show. Gotcha. 
So, uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, they've taken a precautionary measure. I mean, it was really weird though, because WWE did the whole, uh, they did SmackDown this week without an audience at the performance center. And, uh, as, as Buckles and I are going to talk about later this week, it was the most bizarre, awkward, unsettling thing I've seen in sports entertainment history. It was not good. Okay. Like, I mean, it was just, you know, for me, if you like, if it's me, and you know, whatever, I, I'm, I obviously don't have this power. But if it's me, and we're in this time right now, and I'm still going to put on my product to like get people's minds out of the bullshit we're all dealing with, some form of escapism as entertainment, you mm-hmm. know, I would open the broadcast with uh, just a very like one person in front of a camera, just like, hey, you know, so and so from WWE. Um, as you guys know, the coronavirus is something that swept the nation, swept the world. And, you know, we're all dealing with the effects of it. So tonight, instead of having storylines, instead of trying to push an agenda, we're just going to present several really great matches. And that's all. We hope you guys can enjoy them and get your heads out of it. Okay. That's a cool way to do it because then you're like, okay, I don't have to worry about, like, so much fucking knowing that they're phoning it in because they're doing this in front of nobody. Right. Nope, WWE's like, fuck it, let's just turn it up to 11, go full storyline mode, have fucking, uh, you know, run-ins in the middle of matches, which that was fucking hilarious and didn't make any goddamn sense. Um, you know, all these things, and then they still produced the product as if there was a crowd there. Mm. So camera pushes and things and all these things, and, like, you, there's, there's just nobody. It was very, I don't know. Gotcha. They canceled... Uh, Emerald City Comic Con. Did you mm-hmm. see that? I think WonderCon got canceled. Uh, I I I feel like there's oh uh, Wizard World is doing an online con right now in response to the fact that all these cons are getting canceled. Yeah, which I don't. That's kind of weird in itself. I mean, I like the idea of it, but what what are you gonna do? You're just looking around at right. shit. Like I can't pick it up and buy it. I can't really touch it. You know, what am I going to go to the website at the end? Well, that's not nearly as cool as picking up a, you know, whatever you pick up at a con. Tyler knows all about that. You picked up some cool shit at a con. I did, and uh, I'm going to be going to another one here in a couple months as long as it doesn't get shut down. Gen Con, Mm -hmm. right? That's cool. You'll have to tell me how that one goes. It's exciting. Uh... But yeah, no, I, there's like, I don't know if they're going to have SDCC. E3 was canceled. Yeah, I think, you know, E3 is a, a good thing to kind of discuss for a minute. I think that that is kind of the beginning of the end for events like that anyway. Um, just because, you know, Nintendo's been doing it for the last couple years where they just do their own, like, digital presentation and I Nintendo Direct, yep, yep. bro. And I think that with, like, especially if all the major developers and Microsoft and 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 Sony does their own thing, like, we'll see pretty quick that um, there's, like, there's an incentive to not do what they normally do with E3. So I would say this, you know, as sad as it is to say it, this is probably our last. Last year was probably the last E3 that we'll ever see. I mean, unless the industry as a whole puts everything on pause to say, like, 
we desperately still need E3 to go off because we're afraid we can't market our games right or whatever, you know. But I agree with you. E3 has now become, it's unfortunately just like a breeding ground of, of entitled people because if you have the money, like the real big bucks, you can go right. to it. Then you can play the games. Then you can podcast about it before anybody else or whatever or make your fucking YouTube channel and shit. And it's like, it's all about the privilege. You're, you're there because you had the money and it had nothing to do with the credentials or your ability to cover said topic. Exactly. And I think that that's, if we're going to have some sort of convention where people get together for games, it needs to be a convention that is all-inclusive in such a manner that's to say your pocketbook doesn't fucking really matter that much. We're here to bring everybody together to learn about what's coming in the next year because we as a culture love this one same medium, which is video games. Right. You know, so. Which, hey, during the coronavirus quarantine, it's time to play some video games, folks. Bust out that shit you haven't played in a while or stuff you've never finished. Yeah, it's it's my fucking time to shine. I can just sit and play video games. And, 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 and you know, I think that, like, especially the, the, like, as long as there's, like, less than 50 people, like, there's no reason you can't, like, you have to totally be detached from society. Exactly. Social distancing can be done. In, like, today, I ordered tacos. I went to the taco joint and got tacos. That place wasn't a desert. It wasn't empty. No one was there. There were tons of people. People were still eating food. People got to eat, but you're like, I can go in the taco joint with 25 people sitting inside of it. I'm not going to catch coronavirus from 25 people, probably. Well, and you wouldn't, you would think, you wouldn't think. The, the likelihood has got to be pretty low. Yeah, and also the likelihood that someone will be stupid enough right now with any symptoms like that to actually be going yeah. out. Like, honestly, man, if someone was like, if I was like walking around the grocery yesterday and someone would have fucking coughed around me and I did not smell cannabis in their general vicinity. I might have snapped off at a motherfucker a little bit. Like, what are you doing out of your house, dude? Yeah, but we can't be that way Compromising either. Compromising every motherfucker here. What's up? I said we can't be that way either, though. I know. I was just, I mean, I'm teasing, obviously. I can't confront people because I don't like confrontation. But you know what I'm saying? It's like we're all on so much edge right now that even hearing something as much as a cough, you're like, oh, no, it's not coronavirus. It's cannabis virus. Don't worry. You know, just smoked a little too much. Sorry. <laughs> this dry cough is not because I have coronavirus. This dry cough is because my one sucked down my throat. Ouch. There are some people that don't get what I'm saying right now, and that's exciting. I'm, that's that's Anyways, why I'm just letting I'm letting you go, letting you do your thing. Just letting me roll, roll with it, roll with the punches. Uh, we do have some news to cover. Other than delays, I mean, there have been a lot of delays. They delayed all the pilots for all the Disney Plus shows. Ouch. They delayed WandaVision a little bit. Ouch. Uh, Loki, um, Loki's production got uh, delayed. The Batman has been delayed. Womp womp. The new Bond movie that literally was set to come out in like a week and a half got pushed all the way to next year holy shit uh looks like 
there was another, oh, Fast 9 that had just been announced that was going to be this year, pushed now to next year. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong got delayed too, I think. Fuck. Okay. Yeah, it, it comes out so, November uh, the 19th now. Uh, here's one for you. New Mutants has been delayed yet again. The movie that will never be released. You know, and I've seen like little snippets and tidbits the last couple weeks of the New Mutants, and it looks good. It looks really fucking good, actually. Yeah, like I want to see it. I want to see it as well. I think they should just release it on Hulu during this dark-ass time. Well, I mean... You know, be like, coronavirus got everybody down. Here's this dope-ass horror movie. We'll drop it on Hulu for y'all. They, uh, they did that with Frozen 2 and Rise of Skywalker got, got dropped yesterday. Yeah, that's exciting. Much exciting. It's not on Disney+, Plus, but it is uh, digitally available. It'll be on Disney+, Plus soon enough, though. But, like, dude, New Mutants was originally coming out April of 2018. Right. Um, I think it was announced in like early 2017. Uh, then it got pushed to February of 2019, which wasn't going to happen. Then they pushed it to last August. But then, of course, the Disney Fox deal happened, which pushed it out of August, and they moved it to uh, April of this year, April 3rd. But then, of course, this global pandemic happened and... Now the movie is never going to come out. I'm so sorry to Maisie Williams and everybody involved. That's such a shitty thing to have happen. Yeah, it's awful. It's like, oh, hey, we made this movie three and a half years ago. We put a lot of effort in it. We hope you see it sometime. Yeah, it's probably really good. Come watch it when you get a chance. Yeah, I think we're going to be seeing it hopefully sooner rather than later. I do think they should just release it on a digital medium instead of trying to do a, a theater release. Not that it won't do well in theaters. I especially think, too, with the media push, like you were saying recently, yeah. it does look really great. There's a lot to, to take in of like, oh, man, this could be like something genuine. And, you know, how cool would it be if they're fighting the fucking bad guy at the end of the movie, whoever the bad guy ends up being, you know? Right. And right when they're going to take him out, the dude just gets dusted away. Mm. And then they start looking at each other, and one by one, they start getting dusted away. And then, so and now, then that's how they you bring do it. them back, and then that's when you bring them back to the universe. Guess what? The time jump from what with them being so much older now for some really weird reason. There you go. Gotcha. There you go. So, yeah, that's, that's my little thought. I, um, I do hope we see that movie soon. Now, to talk about briefly, we were talking about Disney Plus stuff. Did you hear the thing about She-Hulk? No. Oh, buddy, I'm about to make your day. It's a fi- uh, it's not official yet. I don't want to say it is official. It's not official yet. However, with some um, posturing, it seems that... Mr. Mark Ruffalo has now signed on to join She-Hulk. Awesome. As the Hulk. That's what we need. We need more Hulk. We do need more Hulk. You're a fan of the Hulk. I'm a fan of the Hulk. I like Hulk. Hulk smash. Thor and Hulk like fire. A Hulk like raging fire. 
Thor like teeny little smoldering, smoldering fire. fire. Yep, little smoldering fire. So yeah, I think that's a that's a big possibility. I think that would be a huge win for them to have Mark Ruffalo attached to that series. Um, again, showing the legitimacy, and of course, why wouldn't we? We have WandaVision, which has people from the movie universe. We have Falcon and Winter Soldier, people from the movie verse. Loki, people from the movie verse. Why wouldn't She Hulk feature at least somebody from the movie universe to tie it in? Right. Why do we? You know, we're we're probably going to end up getting Captain Marvel for the Miss Marvel show that's coming to Disney Plus at some point. So, I mean, these are all things to think about. They really want to interconnect them. This is the way to do it. So, to say it's still a rumor, sure. But do I think it's 99% lock for Ruffalo for that role? Yeah, I think we're going to see him be a part of She-Hulk. Which which I think is, is um, as much as Mark Ruffalo enjoys uh, playing the character and, and interacting with fans and how well he... he, he how well he's been received as the character. Like you have no incentive to not let that guy just keep doing what he wants to do. Absolutely. He's killing it in the prime of his fucking life. Uh, did you, did you know about this scene that everybody's talking about that was supposed to be an infinity war? No. Okay. So, I thought that it actually had got leaked on the internet and I wanted to see it and then I went to look for it and I couldn't find it and I was like, what the fuck? But apparently, uh, Kevin Smith confirmed that he knows for a fact that the sequence everybody is talking about is actually real, um, which is at some point in Infinity War they had originally written for uh, us to get Iron Mage, as in Iron Man wearing the Doctor Strange cape. Yeah. Uh, and apparently there is footage or a photo of Robert Downey Jr. wearing the cape that came out long before Infinity War came out. So he, uh, Kevin Smith says he knows personally that they shot it because when the writer spoke to us at the house before they left, they were like, you want to see something? And they pulled out their phones and literally showed us. And it wasn't a drawing because that's what was going around on the internet, but there's a drawing and it looks badass. And they showed us it was fucking Sherlock in the Iron Man fucking suit, man. Like, wearing the suit with Tony standing next to him wearing the cape, and we were like, what the fuck? Mm. Hmm. So, it just, that's pretty It just gets cool. more and more, like, convoluted is obviously not the word that we want to use, but it's like, every every couple of months, they drop, like, another little snippet, another little tidbit from either Infinity War or Endgame, where it's like, hey, did you know there was this too, and we didn't let you have it. And you're like, you assholes, yeah. just give us all the things we want. Give us a 36-hour Infinity War, goddammit. Or it. just don't tell me that you had this thing to begin with. Yeah, it's true. I, that is very I true. I would rather That's not like when know. when I was a kid. Yeah, it's like when I was a kid, my dad's like, guess what I got your sister? And I was like, what did you get her? And he was like, a brand new fucking yo-yo. And I was like... No, when I had this meltdown because I was so mad because he didn't give me a yo-yo and I freaked the fuck out about it. And I was like, I just, I, you knew I wanted a yo-yo. All I've been talking about for like six months was this fucking yo-yo. And then you got her a yo-yo and you tell me that you got her a yo-yo. And then after I had my freak out and he grounded me, he said, by the way, I also bought you a fucking yo-yo. And I was like, no, yo, it's yo-yo envy. It gets you every time. Episode, Man. episode title, Man. yo-yo Man. envy. Yo-Yo Envy, you heard it here first, folks. I love that. That's a great one. 
apparently Eddie Brock has become somebody else in the comic universe. Do we want to spoil that? Uh, sure. Okay, so this is a spoiler for Venom 24. The issue opens up with Eddie Brock laying in a hospital, still mourning the loss of his partner. Uh, Captain America did effectively drop a nuke on Venom Island a couple of issues ago, effectively wiping out all creatures living there. Uh, but back on the mainland, Eddie has some time to recover. He compares losing the symbiote to the feeling of a phantom limb. But the gut punch just keeps on rolling as his son Dylan enters the picture. Cap leads the young boy in to say hi to his father. The younger Brock tells Eddie that he can't stay with him anymore when his father protests. A super soldier tells him that he's been out for a few months. Uh, Null is already at humanity's doorstep, whatever that is. I'm not sure what that is. Null? Um, and with Null, yeah. That's the, that's the symbiote god. Oh, is already at humanity's doorstep. And with all the dangers surrounding Eddie right now, it's not safe to raise a young child in that environment. Well, all of that is true, but the presence of Null and the passage of time clue in the readers that something is definitely wrong here. And a nurse comes in to administer an IV, and it is Cletus Cassidy with Carnage Eyes. The specter then infects Brock with the Carnage symbiote, and it's revealed that he's been on the island the entire time. Mm. So Eddie Brock has just become Carnage now. I I, I really really you know bias aside, because um, everyone knows how much I love all the symbiote storylines. Let's I mean Marvel has been killing it with all with everything symbiote the last six eight months. Do you agree? Oh yeah, they're killing it, and I didn't even finish this little. There's like still a little bit that I forgot to read, so. Apparently, he succumbs to the red suit and needs some real help. Dylan, that's his son, portals to the island to save his father and comes into contact with a symbiote that will help turn the tide. The young boy transforms into a Venom T-Rex to go get his father back. Yeah. Damn, dude. They are slaughtering it with symbiote stories. I mean, there's just... Like, just as far as, like, Venom goes, like, everyone knows and loves Lethal Protector, right? You know, at at, yep. at C2E2, I started to collect some of the Venom Space Knight stuff just because it's cool. Um, maximum Carnage, obviously. And then, like, every other Carnage event. Yeah. Like, it's all it's all just badass. I think that, honestly, Marvel has had this gold mine in their pocket for so long, and for so long they used it really sparingly. And I think that's because they had a lot of people that probably bought them stories that weren't nearly as good as what they're churning out now. You know, like the ideology that at one point Carnage infects fucking Green Goblin to create Red Goblin. What the fuck? That's brilliant. You know, like that's... As a Spider-Man fan, I was like, you had me at Red Goblin. Like, I didn't need to know anything else. But um, I guess, is there anything they've never done with the symbiote that you're like, how have they not went that route? That's such a missed opportunity. Uh, I don't think so. 
See, I think it'd be super dope if Ant-Man had control of the symbiote and then could give the symbiote to the ants and then the ants could, like, fucking transformer symbiote up into this, like, mega creature. Mm, yeah. I mean, that's that's a totally different take on it, you know, because everything's always bigger with Carnage and Venom and all these, you know, symbiotes. They get larger. What happens if you make them smaller well, and crazier, you Especially, know? like... You know, I always hype up like, how much I love Venom as a character. Like, Carnage is hands down, like, my top five favorite. He's in my top five for favorite villains. Like, because he is, like, he just wants to murder and rape and kill everything. Legit psychopath. Yeah, like, he is unique as far as, you know, it's not the, it's not the atypical... Um, Here's my plan, and I'm gonna monologue for an hour while you defeat me. Yuck, 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 yuck. You know your, your typical typical comic book uh, supervillain, like Carnage, is one of a kind. But I remember he's like, let me turn my hand into a giant fucking sword yeah. and stab you through the chest, while I then become a fucking giant velociraptor and bite your goddamn head off while sticking my dick in your booty. Yeah, like all of it, all of it at the same time. <laughs> but like. <laughs> I just remember, I just remember as like, like a teenager and a young adult, like reading like certain headlines. Like I remember when, when Carnage USA came out. Yes. Like you take the Carnage, right? And you mix him with the Avengers. Like what happens? Well, we're about to see. Uh, What about Carnage and fucking Deadpool, bro? Yeah. Um... You know, Carnage USA, Maximum Carnage, uh, was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, because that was the big one too. That came out what, nineteen ninety three? Uh, ninety three or ninety four? Yeah, it was somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, up until Sounds up right. until Absolute Carnage, like that was the one. Hold on, let me see. Let me think about this. Let me think. Hold on, one one second, one second. Let me do some math here. Maximum Carnage would have been ninety five. Does that sound right? No, nope, it was. I'm gonna look. I it looked. Up. I looked it up. It's nineteen ninety three. Oh, you're already faster than you. You out Jamie'd me again. Mm-hmm. Damn it! All until this past year, the premier Carnage storyline was the fourteen part nineteen ninety three epic Maximum Carnage. This story is one of the first Carnage-focused works we were ever introduced to, and along with it, we learned so much about the character outside of his relationship with Spider-Man and Venom. And now we've got absolute Carnage. Just crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. And Carnage has been infecting different spiders. Like he had a run with Miles Morales, where the the, the I'm pretty sure it was the Carnage symbiote took over Miles for a time. Well, so in the absolute in the absolute Carnage, he is going and collecting anyone. Basically, any time a symbiote affects a human being or a, a a a living thing in its spine, it leaves like this uh like this cipher, like it it leaves a remnant of itself, and uh, Carnage is collecting, like, ripping these these ciphers, these things out of their of people's spines to collect enough of them so he can summon the symbiote god. 
null. Yeah. Like, how fucking metal is that? So, apparently, he has succeeded because null is here? Uh, Apparently. That's not good. (laughs) That is bad juju. Also, when we were at C2E2, we learned about the... Was it the virus? Is that what they called it? Which is funny. Yeah. With the weird little like spiral head logo thing. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, was it contagion? I thought it was just called virus. Man, I'm trying to. Th- I'm see. trying to think of what it was called. Hmm. I just searched Marvel Spiral Face. That Marvel did not. Spiral Face. <laughs> yep. Um. Flim Flam Kalamazoo. Symbiote Pop. Me. Let me do the R and D here as we go. Trying to, we're both R and D. We're R and D together. To figure it out. It is corrupted venom, corruption. You're talking about this, corruption, this, this swirl, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remembered seeing that at uh, when we were at C2E2, and I was like, "That's a cool fucking whatever it mm-hmm. is." I didn't know it was a thing. Maybe we should. Maybe that should be the next. Uh, Comic book series we don't finish talking about on the podcast is uh, Absolute Carnage. <laughs> I think we should go back and do Maximum Carnage and then do Absolute Carnage. Ooh, I love that idea. Just do them back um, to back. Yeah. I'm all about that. Uh, maximum Carnage. I'll have to find it, but I'll, yeah, we'll do it. I'll be into that. We can talk about it. Uh, I have other stuff to discuss with you, my friend. Not a ton, but uh, one thing that's kind of uh, pretty cool that I want to get your thoughts on. Uh, Vin Diesel recently doing a press tour for Bloodshot, Mm -hmm. which is a Valiant Comics book that uh, is now being adapted into a movie, which, I don't know, looks eh, okay. I've I've heard it's good. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not really uh, in their universe. I don't really know a whole lot, so it's my naivete that makes me less interested than my disinterest for a movie. I don't. I just need to see it. I think naively and just be like, "Oh, this is a cool story," or not. You know? Right. Um, but you know, he was doing a press tour and they were talking about things, and a couple things came out for Guardians of the Galaxy that's very interesting to note. First of all, he said that in the next Guardians, we will see Alpha Groot. Yeah, yep. So, like, a final form Groot fully realized. You know, I feel like that's probably his way of saying it without saying it, that they're going to probably do King Groot. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he won't be King Groot because there's nothing to really be quote-unquote king over. Right. Unless they make him as Guardian King, which would be an interesting weird fucking route to go, but I, I don't see that happening. Um, it's cool. It'll be cool to see him actualized as like this larger than life tree character. Yeah. As opposed to the cute versions. And then the first version that we got, that's like the, the just like normal sized adult group. Yeah. 
Uh, but he also said a juicy little other tidbit when he was talking about James Gunn, and he said he was talking about Suicide Squad, and then he said, the director talked to me about Thor and how it will incorporate some of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. That'll be interesting. Nobody knows. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything. I mean, what do you think? Do you think that uh, we're going to see him throughout the entire movie or just the beginning? Or I mean, what are you what are you thinking? I think that this is the way you do it. You're going to be selective of who you want to use on screen, who can be a part of Thor's story. He already has some chemistry and a storyline with Rocket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Obviously, he has a storyline, a real deep storyline with Quill. Um... And, of course, you could say Groot, too, with Rocket, obviously, by proxy. So, with Drax and Gamora, uh, because of where we first of all left the Guardians with Thor, Gamora is not on the ship. So, we don't have to worry about her. She's already not going to be a part of it. And maybe that's a part of the story that Drax and Groot are going to find Gamora, while Rocket and Quill stay to help Thor deal with his love and thunder drama. Yeah, I dig it. Whatever that may yeah. be. Because then you split them up in such a way it's clever. You can have them cameo. You know, you can have Gamora cameo at the end of the movie, which ties in and brings us up to speed for now here we are at uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and that story can then be told mm-hmm. um, with, with you know, a little more clarity. Uh, all in all, I am fucking jazzed that we're going to get the Guardians. Like, in a... like. I loved getting Doctor Strange as a cameo in Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I really love that we're probably going to get the Guardians as at least a small role cameo for Love and Thunder because for Taika to have his hands in what the Guardians are doing and saying could be absolute comedy gold. Oh, absolutely. And it also kind of plays on the fans being like, if anybody's taken over for James Gunn when he left Guardians, be fucking Taika Waititi. And Taika's like, don't, I don't want to do that, man. I like James. Don't put me in his crosshairs, bro. Um, You know, so it's kind of funny because now he'll get to direct the Guardians a little bit. And, you know, here's what could have been, I guess. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting, um, especially because... Like, Guardians 2 is, is, is not super divisive with fans, but, you know, the first Guardians movie is, is leaps and bounds, like, noticeably better uh, as far as the script goes than Guardians 2. So I think for a lot of fans like myself, we are looking forward to um, more of the Guardians. You know, what little we got in Infinity War, what little we got in Endgame, um, you know, end game especially like not anything really until the very end, obviously. Um, so we want to see more of those characters because, like, with all the drama the last couple years, you know, you had every actor go out on a limb and stick their neck out for James Gunn, and then you know they did the right thing; they brought James Gunn back. But now we want to see like that. We want to see the fruit from that. We want to see, we want to see we want to see something great for Guardians Three, and we all love Taika Waititi. So, um, big big uh, got a big hard on for that. Give us that fruit. Yes, we want the fruit. 
We, we want the Groot fruit. We need that fruit. Oh, we want the Groot fruit is maybe the episode We want title. the Groot fruit. I like Yo-Yo Envy, but we want the Groot fruit is pretty great. Yeah, I, okay. Fuck, we man. should make it we want the Groot fruit. Yeah, I'm all about that life. Let's talk a little Star Wars before we get out of here, my Lay dude. Lay it on me. Lay it on me, hot sauce, pod daddy, Nate. Well, first of all, I sent you a picture. God. Okay, so. Earlier. So, <clears throat> Nate and I were getting ready pre-show. We're talking some coronavirus. We're doing our thing. Um, and he's like, hey. Not nonchalantly talking coronavirus. Yeah, he's like, hey, I'm going to sit. Sitting by the fire like, gonna, smoking our pipe. I'm going to send you uh, <laughs> I'm gonna send you this picture. It's Star Wars. I was like, okay, you know, cool, and it is a it is a scene of uh, or a, a still of J.J. Abrams standing below the the uh, the Sith throne with Empress Rey Palpatine sitting on it, you know, and she's like, I can't really tell super well. Yeah, she's like giggling, so you know, it's not super menacing, but it's like that is an image. That uh, I think if you would have made Ray like fall to the dark side and, and become Empress Palpatine, like we would have we would have seen some so not not as much fan backlash as we got. So you're into the idea oh, yeah. of, of uh, cute and bubbly dark side Ray? Because I'm not gonna lie, seeing her laugh is kind of funny too. Like, it kind of makes me think about when Palpatine would laugh and right, shit, you know? Right, 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 Yeah, I just imagine so, Kylo Ren. So to kind of have her bubbly mm-hmm. is kind of funnier than, like, having her actually menacing and super evil. She's almost like a sweet and sour kid. Yeah, she's a fucking Sour Patch Kid. Yeah, Sour Patch Kid. I don't know why I said sweet and sour kid. Fuck. You were probably being slightly racist it's- with the, the Asian, like, American-Asian sweet and sour sauce. Wow, I'm pretty sure I wasn't being racist <laughs> at all, but damn. <laughs> Learned something new about myself every got, day. Yeah, Shit. you got those Freudian slips. You just can't let them go. Got me there. Remember, according fuck. to Sigmund Freud, we want to murder and fuck everyone around us at all times. So give us I mean, give us that Groot fruit. Give us that Groot fruit. <laughs> Listen, I mean, sometimes Freud ain't right, ain't wrong. Sometimes he's not wrong. Um, no, I think... You know, <clears throat> to get to get like back serious and back on topic, I think that Disney, <clears throat> with 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 what Disney and Lucasfilm are doing post movie, where they're releasing like these tidbits and these snippets, like look at what we could have done. You know, along the same lines as I was saying with Infinity War and Endgame, um, like they are doing nothing other than reaffirming the fact that. They could have made a better product than they did, which is which is the frustrating part of it. I mean, do you do you agree? Do you disagree? I think I feel like there is so much left on the table with this last movie, man. Mm-hmm. I feel that as a whole, Star Wars. Okay, how how do I how do I articulate this in such a way that's going to come off as not insensitive? Okay, here's how to say it. No matter what expectations we as fans had for that final movie. Okay. What the final movie was supposed to be 
was never meant to be because Carrie Fisher was never going to make it to that point. That's just the way time worked, man. And I think as fans, we've almost got to open up our domes and just be like, okay, I can accept the movie they gave us. There are things I wish they would have done differently. Maybe don't show me all the cool things that I wish you would have done differently because now I want them more. Um, yeah, man. Hopefully, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with you at all. Um, you know, really, the only thing that I do, and and I I, I stand by is this modern trilogy could have been fantastic. Um, your main characters were just not very good, and. They needed to be a little saucier, pep them up a well, little bit more, give us some more exposition for these characters. Or they just needed to have like better writing, um, you know, like the Ray Ray being a Palpatine, like that was great. You know, I loved it. Um, Daisy Ridley is not a good Star Wars actress; she's just not. So no, nope. like, um. I don't know. When you've got your main three people by the end of the third movie that are like, yeah, we don't want to fucking do this anymore. Like, okay. It's like make or, bake or, make or break your career kind of movie, but uh, let's uh, let's spit in the face of, you know, millions of Star Wars fans. All right, on to the next movie. Let's uh, Let's see what we get. You know, it's just, it's just frustrating because of the potential that no, it has. it is. Yeah, I will say, talking about potential, let's talk about potentially one of the most interesting scenes in that movie, which was the everybody shows up at the end on Exegol to whip that ass. Mm -hmm. And uh, apparently there was a little featurette that's going to be on the Blu-ray for Rise of Skywalker where they talk about some of the ships they used and brought back. Okay. Here's what was included in that scene you may have missed. A Naboo Starfighter from The Phantom Menace. Okay. The ghost from Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, I saw that one. The three aces from Resistance. Okay, didn't see them. A, it just says a Mandalorian ship from Star Wars: The Clone Wars. So during that time frame. Okay. The U-wing from Rogue One: A Star Wars Story. The medical frigate from Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. Quad jumper from The Force Awakens and a Resistance bomber from The Last Jedi. So they kind of pulled ships from pretty much everything they've done, except for I cannot believe there was no, what is it, the Mantis from uh, Fallen Order? Yeah, the Mantis. Why did they not put the fucking Mantis in there, bro? I don't know. I love that ship, too. Me, too. I think it's beautiful. I love how it lands. Especially when, like, you, you, like, if you are a super nerd like me and you do research about it, uh, it's like a luxury yacht. Yeah. So the fact that it's like a luxury yacht and now it's like a rebel, it's a rebel ship. I don't know. I dig it. I guess there's a couple more that have been identified of the 14,000 ships that arrive. Yes, in that scene there are 14,000 ships they rendered. Uh, are the Fireball, which is uh, Jarek Yeager's racer, and Tora Doza's ship from Star Wars Resistance, as well as... Uh, no, that's the only thing they say. Okay, that's so it. I'm looking at a still image right now. 
Sure. In the theaters, I remember seeing the ghost, so I don't need to look for that. I see the U-Wing. So as the Millennium Falcon comes into frame, the U-Wing is directly below it. The Rebel cool. transport that Leia lands in, or at, Ma- at Maz's uh, castle in Force Awakens is right below the Millennium Falcon. Uh, right above the Falcon and to the right is the Resistance Bomber. And then there's nothing really major that I can see other than that in that image that I'm looking at. Yeah, it's just uh, it's hard to it's hard to see. You got to get that 4K version and pause that shit and zoom in, mm-hmm. move it around. Be like, oh shit, look who I spy! I spy this person. I spy that guy with my little eye. Mm, I found a GIF, so it'll constantly play, oh. and I can just look. Ooh. Already forgot what. Oh, we got to get that Groot fruit. Groot, we got to get the Groot fruit. We got to get the Groot fruit, bro. We got to get the Groot fruit, bro. Or as Groot would say, I am Groot. Or we are Groot. No, that's only if he wants to make you cry. Yeah, he wants to hit you in the fucking feels. Because, man, did that crush my spirit in the fucking theaters. I was just, like, gasping for... That was probably... I, I don't think I had coronavirus when I saw <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. So God damn. I was gasping for air with sadness. Yeah. You know, just like... <gasps> it's, uh, it's, so, it's so beautiful. It, it hit me hard. Of course, I'm also in the theaters the whole time. Like I'm like I'm like weeping about Groot sacrificing himself to save the rest of the Guardians, mm-hmm. and the whole time I'm going, yeah, but I know, as long as there's one fragment of Groot left for them to plant, he'll be okay. Right, he'll come back. Like he'll be, he'll be all right. And then of course, by the end of the movie, you see that he's all right because Baby Groot's dancing in the little potted thing, and you're just like, fuck yeah, man. God, but it's so sad though. It is so sad though. Yeah. What do you think is sadder though? Quill watching the bear or uh, Rocket watching the burial of Yondu or the Groot moment in the first Guardians? Rocket watching the burial of Yondu or Groot? Yeah. Oh, it's it's Groot all day. I see, I disagree, man. If I'm if I'm really diving into the psyche of my emotions, the um the whole underlying premise of a dad being a father to someone who he's not a father to, if that makes sense, resonates with me. What about, so, so what about what's even sadder? The Yondu burial or uh, Groot being snapped in Infinity War? Okay, honestly, okay, I'm glad you said that because... Groot being snapped in Infinity War only because I know what his last words were when he says, I am Groot to Rocket, mm-hmm. which is dad, and that broke me. I was like, oh, fuck me. Like, just stab me in my throat hole and give me all the feels all at once, yeah. you know? Like, ugh. Yeah, it fucking, it kills you. Ugh. <laughs> also, okay, also, if we're talking about in the feels moments, let's just talk about... 
seven words. I had to count them to make sure I wasn't stroking out, I promise. I thought you were going to say how sad I get uh, when whenever Brie Larson walks on screen. Oh, I thought you were going to ask if I was going to say how sad you get when you're not sketching on mom wine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm bequeathing this to no, you. No, but you're queefing this I'm to me? I'm bequeathing this to you. You're not a total piece of shit, Montez. <laughs> um, okay, so the seven words that are the saddest seven words in the MCU. We did it, Mr. Stark. We won. Mm. I mean, I don't think there is a sadder moment because that is the ultimate in a story being told between two individuals with such little screen time together, but such impactful time together. I or when Pepper when Pepper's talking to him and he doesn't even know that she's there. Oh yeah. Of course, my weird ass goes, what's sadder than that, though? That moment or when fucking Glenn gets his head smashed in and Walking Dead? Because that was pretty fucking sad. <sighs> Smash. That was that was a pretty traumatizing death. Like, for a comic book adaptation of, of how they did it, like, it was dead on. But at the same time, I was just like, this is too much to handle. Him, like, trying to say Maggie's name while his fucking eyeball is hanging out of his face is fucking traumatizing, bro. Right. God damn. Ugh. Yeah, it's sketching. It is sketching, bro. Well, do we have anything else we want to throw down before we get out of here and uh, quarantine ourselves for another few days? No, I think we got it. Yeah, we're, we're sorry it's like kind of a darker episode. News isn't really relevant right now because there's not a lot of news that's not coronavirus uh, involved. But well, we're just trying to keep your guys' minds off it as best we can. Well, and especially uh, I just got back-to-back notifications on my phone uh, Illinois and Ohio both just shut down all bars and restaurants in their states. Damn. So, like, we we can't have news to talk about if, like, we can't do anything. Yeah, if we're literally fucking quarantined, next week might just be me and Tyler telling dick and fart jokes just because that's all we've got. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Like, sorry, folks, we have to go lowbrow. There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> there was an ad on my phone real quick before I get out of here, and it was like, prepare for the strongest weed. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then the the bottom line was eater. And I was uh, like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> you got me all hyped up. Because 2020 now, you can get advertisements for weed on your phone. Yeah. It's 20 fucking 20, man. It's weird. Yeah, I'm really looking I'm really looking forward to like the day that I can just get like like a Friday after work or maybe I take Friday off of work and like I get Ruby from daycare and I pick Skylar up from work and we we go up to like Michigan. I just fucking hit I hit like 10 dispensaries and then just pass out on a beach somewhere. My man. Like just what I want to do. We're going to take that spaceship, bro. Yeah. Was that off air or on air? That was, that we talked about the spaceship. That was off air. God damn it! That was such. That was so good. Yeah, some people. No. Some people might have called the police on us though, and, and thought we were like some Heaven's Gate shit. That's also true. Yeah, yeah. Drinking the Kool Aid. Yep. There's. That's not. There's good these there, crazy but, comic um... book Mormons, and we don't know what's wrong with them. <laughs> comic book Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I need that on a t-shirt. I am a comic book Mormon. People would be like, what? I'm not a Mormon. I'm so sorry. Oh, God. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to, yeah, let's call it there. That's fine. Uh, I think that's been it for this episode of Journey into Comics sponsored by Coronavirus. This has been Journey into Comics 286. As always, folks, you can check us out on all the different platforms, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, many others. Just search Journey into Comics Network. Get all the different shows on our network, one feed. It's all you'll need. We try to keep you guys up to date with all the crazy stuff going on. I don't know how things are going to shake out with the coronavirus, so literally, folks, Keep yourselves safe and everyone around you as well. Tyler, is there anything else to add before we roll? Uh, let's stay safe, folks. Let's wash our hands. Let's not sneeze and cough on people. And um, be safe. Yeah, what he said. As always, folks, we'll see you guys next time. This has been Journey into Comics 287. We need that group fruit. I've been Nate. And I've been T.Y. As always, Poppy Caps back. And fill your brains. Wish it. Later, guys. Later.